Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is January 20th, 2016. Looking forward to a big night tonight. We've got uh, Bob Case, who's always a, a great time on the show. He'll be uh, he'll be our first guest, and I'll uh, get a chance to chat with him, talk to him about what's happening over in uh, you know the world of sports, especially USC football. And then, of course, followed by Bob uh, is uh, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC, and a chance to chat with AD, uh, as we do quite frequently, and then see what's been going on in, in his world and talking about what's been happening in the NFL and as well as... Uh, you know, college football and uh, a lot of things coming up. So we're going to chance to do uh, some of that too. Hope everybody's had a great week and uh, we're looking forward to uh, some fun times tonight. Uh, I will be uh, co-hosting on Xandermonium tomorrow at uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, which is 8 o'clock on the East Coast, on Blog Talk Radio. So you can go to xandermonium.com and it'll take you right there. I'll be tweeting about it and post it, posting that up tomorrow as well. But uh, every Thursday uh, from now on, I'll be uh, joining Xander on the Xanderonium show. He's gone five days a week, and you can check him out every day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Different uh, guest every day, uh, different co-host each day, and it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy uh co-hosting with Xander, so that's that's fun. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. So tonight, big show. Tomorrow, big show, and uh, just a lot, of, a lot of good times. We're going to take our first break and then come back and uh, talk to uh, Bob Case. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and it's brought to you by HealthyNewDay.com. Back after this. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Sleep all day, out all night. I know where you're going. I don't think that's a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day, I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. 
Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sharp on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. With Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. Got word this morning. I'm headed off to war. And welcome back to Swoops World. And let's give uh, Bob Case a call. Get this, get this thing going. Hey, Bob Case. We'd like to welcome Bob Case to the show. He's a good friend of the show, been on quite a few times. Uh, some of you know he was the uh, vice president of the International Box Association. He's done a lot of great things. Uh, he's a huge USC supporter, uh, USC football, and uh, just a good friend of the show. Great to have you back on the show, Bob. It's great to be on, Keith. How you been, buddy? Doing good, man. Doing real well. And, uh, uh, you know, just been... Uh, Getting ready, getting ready for the show, and getting a chance to chat with you. And you know, of course, AD follows you up, so it's always a fun time oh, to have you both on at the same night. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's one of my favorite uh, characters, let alone probably one of the greatest Trojans of all. You know, so absolutely. Well, let's just you know, let's just jump in a few things. Uh, first of all, I know you 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 know so many people. Uh, you've been around the entertainment industry a, a long time and, and, and the sports industry. And I don't know whether you know or not, uh, if you knew him or not, but I don't know if you had any thoughts on Glenn Fry passing away this week. No, I never met Glenn, uh, but I was really, you know, taken aback by that because, you know, he was a, you know, huge, huge, had a huge following. And, uh, you know, I, um, uh, you know, I've heard nothing but nice things about him. You know, I know people that have met him and they told me he was a great guy. So I know that people are really taken back by that. You know, it seems like every time we talk to you, there's people, you know, checking out. You know, it's, I guess that's part of getting older. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah. you know, Lonnie Irvin was a dear friend of mine. He's a baseball guy that died. And he was, you know, he had a good life. He lived to be 86. But just a true 
he was the guy they wanted to be before Jackie Robinson. They called him in, and he didn't want to take. He didn't want to go to the big leagues before Robinson, so they called Jackie in. And then he uh, was, I think, one of the first or second black guys, second or third black guys in the major leagues. Wow. But uh, he worked for the commissioner for years, and just a class individual among you. I was really sorry to hear about him. And, you know, it's always a Louis Arroyo that pitched for the Yankees. He was like a, you know, Puerto Rican guy, white Puerto Rican, about five foot eight, and had a great screwball. And he was in the 61 Yankees with Marilyn Maris. Wow. He passed away. This, you know, he used to always walk around with an unlit cigar in his mouth, a real character. Huh. But I mean, you know, these guys in Glen, you know, he, he, I, I heard nothing. I loved uh, the Eagles' music, so yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, was really sorry to hear that. Absolutely. And the week before it was uh, the other guy, uh, uh, David Bowie. You know, yeah. like, what's yeah. going, what's going on? They always say it happens in threes. You know, like three baseball players, three movie actors, three musicians. You know what I mean? So yeah, and, and, and like you said, it's, it seems like the last few times we talked, it's uh, it's been someone yeah. you know, was just re- 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 within that same week. Absolutely correct. But you and I are still here. That's the <laughs> there you go, brother. Hey, uh, I know you're a big collegiate football fan, and, and we haven't spoken since the national championship game. Uh, did you have a chance to take that in? And what were your, uh, if you did, did you enjoy it? And what were your thoughts about the, the way the system worked? I thought it was great for college football. I thought, um, I actually thought Clemson outplayed them, but I thought, Saban out coached the Clemson coach, you know, with that, that onside kick, that changed the whole momentum of the game. I mean, Clemson was really, they, those defensive linemen on Alabama were, you know, on their heels. Yeah. They were, they had their mouths open. You know, they always say when a fighter's in the ring, if his mouth is open, you know, he's, he's sucking for air. And those, all those defensive linemen on Alabama, that, that quarterback was, at Clemson was unbelievable, I thought. And, uh, you know, but unfortunately, you had two plays, you had that, that, you know, Pass interception, ran back for a TD, and you had the onside kick that changed the whole game. You know, but other than that, I thought it was a great game. Though. It was just a great college game. I think it was forty-four to forty. It was a, it was, you know, I think a game like that's good for college football. And, you know, you have to admire both teams. They both played great. You know, to me, there's really no losers. Those kids all hold their heads up high. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, uh, and I agree with you that that onside kick is what turned turned the momentum around and. Uh, Clemson never got it back yeah. after that. Uh, that. That was the one that thing that just just knocked it knocked it away from him. Um, Absolutely. There's a there's a former SC guy over at Alabama, and uh, you know some people were giving him a lot of the credit. Some people weren't. Uh, you know they say it's Saban's team. Saban makes the final decisions. But uh, you think what do you think? Uh, you think uh, Kiffin how he how he performed that night? I thought he. I actually thought he did a great job. You know, I mean. You know, I don't. Nobody ever said. You know, I just. I think Kiffin might be a terrific, uh, you know, offensive coordinator. But as far as a head coach, you know, I think he's lacking. You know, and some guys just aren't head coach material. You know, like Norm Chow was a great offensive coordinator at SC when they had the Matt Leinart era and the Carson Palmer era and all that. But you know, he's really not been a great head coach. You know, and I think Kiffin, you could say the same thing for you. I mean, I, I thought he did a great job. And how can, how can you say that he didn't do a great job at Alabama? I mean, everybody in Alabama did. Job and, for them uh, to be, you know, as good as they were. I yeah. give them credit, you know. I mean, I, I mean, he, you know, if you think about it, he was an offensive coordinator at SC. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the kid, he's, Kiffin is not that old right now. He's still a young guy. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, but I don't think he has the personality for a head coach. That's just my opinion. But I think he's a great offensive coordinator, and he comes from a you know football family. His dad, Monty Kiffin, was a great defensive coordinator, and uh, 
some of these guys they grow up around it, and it's like osmosis, you know. But um, he wasn't uh, my favorite SC coach, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, speaking of SC, uh, you know, we, we 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 thought we'd see some changes by now. Uh, you know, put it bluntly, we thought at least I thought uh, Hayden would be on his way out by now. Uh, doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Well, you know, from what I understand, Hayden, um, you know, he, do you think he's going to walk away from that two and a half million a year for doing nothing? In other words, he, uh, I hear Steve Lopes runs most of the stuff around there at Heritage Hall. Hayden never comes to the football practices, never comes to anything. He didn't go to the last six games. I don't think they sat in the locker room and watched the last game, the bowl game that they blew. You know, so in other words, you know, you, you got, you just got to question everything that's going on around there. You know, I know. I know I, I, it's just, you know, like I told you before, this, this coach, he's unproven. And how many assistant coaches with great credentials are going to work, want to work for an unproven head coach? And why would they hire an unproven head coach? Because Hayden wants yes men around them, you know? And why would they not uh, call uh, Kennedy Palomulo and try to get him back before UCLA made him their offensive coordinator? Right. Why? Because he's not a yes man. Why did, uh, you know, I, I heard that Coach O, Ogeron reached out to that help and never returned his phone calls. So, you know, it's like, and then you think to yourself, well, we probably, you know, they could very easily be 0-3 next year playing Alabama, Utah, and uh, so I think it's Stanford or Oregon. And, uh, you know, the, and if Coach O was on the staff, everybody would be more pressure on help and would be for him to replace him. Yeah. You know, so, and and they don't seem to like to have ex-Trojans around there. And, you know, there's a lot of things I question are going on around there, you know. I mean, how about this? They lose the bowl game to Wisconsin, twenty-three to twenty-one. They, you're allowed fifteen bowl practices, okay? okay? Fifteen, and and like Alabama had all fifteen of their practices, and they were almost two hours each practice. SC had eight out of fifteen practices, and some of them were forty-five minutes in an hour. So um, what that tells me, I mean, this is a new coach with new coaches and some guys have never coached before to replace the guys that were fired. And they're, they're not around the players. They're not getting to know the players. They're not practicing to beat Wisconsin. And then I look at the game and it's going right back to the Sarkisian offense. You know, in other words, you play Wisconsin. Now let's be honest. What is big 10 football? A bunch of slow white guys, fond boys. Okay. What did SC have over Wisconsin? They had speed. Who are their three speed guys? Adore Jackson, uh, Ronald Jones, the running back, and uh, Juju Smith. Right. Okay? How many catches did Juju Smith have in that game? Four. How many carries did Ronald Jones have in that game? Eight. How many times did Adoree Jackson handle the ball in that game? One or two times. So if you'd given the ball to Ronald Jones 22 times, like everybody, I mean, the guy had 177 yards against Arizona in 18 carries. Yeah. If you'd given him the ball, they would have beaten Wisconsin. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I mean, eight practices. How would you have eight practices when you're a new coach? Well, not only words, that, not, uh, not only was he a, he a new coach, they were working with all new a whole new staff. I mean, yeah, I know they moved absolutely. guys around, but they fired all those yeah. guys after the Stanford game, and then you're going to go yep. into the bowl game. I mean, why don't you keep your staff, work hard for, like you said, get all 15 absolutely. practices in, and then make the changes after the season? Absolutely correct. Yeah, but I, like I said, I, I don't know the answers. I never will. I've always been an SC fan. I'll always root for them. I always want you know. But, you know, it's like I keep telling you on this show, I don't know how many times I've told you, the fish stinks at the head first. 
and you got this idiot up there making these decisions, and he's not going to walk away from two and a half million a year. You know, some of these people say, you know, you know, he's alienated alumni, he's in donors, top donors. He's, you know, it's just been a one big tragedy after another. And everybody says, oh, the, the volleyball team won the national championship, <laughs> or the ping pong, the ping pong team won the national. Hey, football. Let's be honest. College football is where the money comes from. It doesn't come from baseball, basketball. The basketball team's doing great now, but that's not that doesn't that doesn't pay the bills. The yeah. bills are paid by college athletes and football on right. scholarships. And and uh, you know so you know the football program should be where ninety percent of his energy is focused. You know, and he can say, oh, we worry about him graduating, and we were that's all a cop out. You know, he doesn't care about the girls' volleyball team. You know, oh, we did good in this. Football. That's how he made his name football you know so you know uh, i think he's smart enough to know what pays the bills around there and what you know what's you know i mean now they're going to be competing with the rams you know in the coliseum right. so you know but but sc has always had a following and always will but I, the people in la they want to see winners you know and you know who knows how long it'll be before sc is you know like they were in the Pete carroll era when they had you know one place short of three national championships in three years, you know? Right. So it's, it is, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, it's, I just wish, I, I wish Helton the best of luck. I really do. I heard, I heard the defensive back coaches that they just hired, played 10 years in the NFL and the coach in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he's got good credentials. And I heard the offensive line coach is 60 years old. He, he coached where his brother coaches. And they said, he's got good credentials. So I hope all these guys can, blend in and they, and they got the special teams coach from Michigan that was there before um, and um, you know let's just hope it all I, I, I wish them all the best I really do I, I want to see one well, you know, but yeah, I just absolutely. question why they wouldn't they're supposed to hire an, a defensive line coach tomorrow you know so we'll see well you but, know you, 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 brought, you brought up one interesting point you know and you're talking about you know graduation rates and 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 that 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 is important, but let's be for real. The, the the problem with graduation rates usually lies in the in the football and basketball program. Your golfers are going to graduate. Your tennis players are going to graduate. Most of your uh, uh, you know baseball players, unless they get picked up by the major leagues, uh, usually usually have a good graduation rate. So it's usually the uh, the football team and the uh, the basketball team where they usually uh, seem to struggle. And so he not right. only not only has any. Uh, seems like he's abandoned the team completely because you don't see him around. I'm sure he still has a hand in things because, like you said, he likes he likes certain types of people around him. Uh, but there's no there's no excuse for uh, his lack of showing up, lack of showing his face around at these events. Yeah, oh, well, I I agree, and I I, I don't understand uh, you know what you know why he's still hanging around. But you know who knows? Maybe he'll be there for ten more years. Who knows? I I just don't know. And, you know, like I said, I just hope, uh, you know, that they can make some concrete decisions. And, uh, you know, like, you just, uh, you just wonder, though, when you see all these, you know, calamity affairs. I mean, I, I mean, imagine the, playing the Wisconsin Badgers in, in, in a, a, you know, the Holiday Bowl is not some, you know, crummy bowl game. That's a pretty respected bowl game. And you see them play them, and you see them get beat by the Wisconsin team. Are you kidding me? I mean, uh, it's like, and and SC has way more talent than Wisconsin, but you don't use utilize your speed guys against them. You know, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. What's that's the one area where they had him beat speed, and then this Ronald Jones kid. I mean, to me, he's the best player on the team. Yeah. I mean, you know, Juju Smith and him are the two best players on the team. I think they're both like, and I think Adoree Jackson's great if he's used properly. You know, he's 
terrific player, you know. But uh, you know, they just they don't seem to utilize the talent. That's coaching. When you when you have, I mean, if you have Babe Ruth um, sitting on the bench <laughs> and uh, and Bun- and Bunning when he comes up to bat, you know, you, you got to say he's not being utilized right. You right. know what I mean? Right. And uh, it's the same thing when you got a guy like Ronald Jones. All year long, everybody I talk to says, "Why is he getting more carries?" A running back, as AD will tell you. It's rhythm. They have to get the rhythm. And, and to get rhythm, you can't have five carries to get rhythm and then pull them out of the game for two series and then put them back in the game and put pull them out again. You've got to give a guy all the great Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, Tony Dorsett, any of the great runners, they get 20, 25 carries a game. Right. You know? And it's, Ronald Jones was like, I think, 25 yards short of 1,000 yards barely playing this year. You know, so, I mean, the kid is going to be fantastic. I mean, he's got, you know, natural, God-given and, and they said, well, he, he can't pass block. Well, well, of course he didn't pass block in high school, but, I mean, he can, you know, they can still use him as a runner. You didn't have to pass block all the time. You got a guy named Soma Vanuku there who's going to be an NFL player that's a tough fullback that can that do the pass block. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, it's just, it's all how they're utilized. You know, it's just, it's, you get the talent, you don't utilize it, what good is the talent? You might as well have a three-star recruit. And, and let them play and have five-star recruits and not let them play. You right. know what I mean? Well, another issue, I think, uh, that comes up, and, and it comes up when you talk about um, the, the, the problems that you've seen over the, the last couple of years with under this athletic director is recruitment. And, and what people you know generally say, USC recruits itself. You're going to get enough a number of players that want to go there because it is USC. But I think – you know that those days, you know, there's some truth to that, but those days automatic are long gone. There's just too many other programs out there where guys are, you know, guys are flocking to. I mean, you, you get you even got guys here in the pack teams here in the Pac-12 that uh, are out recruiting SC for some of these players, and then and then when you start mixing in Alabama and Clemson and schools like that, and and, and other other schools, uh, you know, like even some of the Florida schools, uh, it's not as it's not as uh, cut and dry as it used to be. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, recruiting us, especially in like this Clancy Pendergrass guy they got from the Forty ers I heard he didn't even want the job. He turned him down once, and he was going to wait to see if the Forty Nine er coach was coming back before he accepted the job. Hey, look, this is USC. You either want to coach there, or you don't want to coach there. If you don't want to coach there, stay in the NFL. Do whatever you're going to do, you know. And if you don't like recruiting, you know, that's you know, it's like, you know. What are you getting? I'm sure he's a great coach, Clancy. He's a great coach, but you know, he was fired by Hayden once before. You know, and as as Kennedy Palomulu was, and as Ed Ogeron was. You know, yeah. but uh, the bottom line is they hired him back, and you know they uh, they are what they are, and you know it's it's just uh, uh, you know I, I don't know who they're going to defensive guy is. You know, I don't get it. I don't know who it's going to be. They they need Kennedy Palomulu was one of the greatest recruiters there was. And everybody knows that. Yeah. He, he, the Samoans loved him. The, the, every running back from Sultan Makoa, who played there in 2001, to, you know, Maffalo McKenzie, who played there in 2003, to Lendell White and Reggie Bush, they all loved Kennedy Palomaru. The guys who played for him, he, he coached the Jacksonville Jaguars. They love him. They used Troy Palomaru's uncle. Yeah. And Troy idolized this guy. And, you know, they, they get rid of a guy like that. Are you kidding me? Hmm. You know, and Ed Coach O was probably one of the best recruiters around town, you know, and you get rid of a guy like that. And, you know, I mean, he had a commanding presence, but they weren't yes men, as I told you before. And right. they're blue collar guys. You know, they're not, uh, you know, 
uh, Oxford students, you follow me? And uh, they're, they're football men. They're men. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I mean, Kennedy Palomulo wasn't even given a, a chance to say his side of what, 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 what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not even given a, a shot at that. So, you know, there's so much stuff going on around there that I, I hear about all the time. It's just, it's just like, you know, you just, all you can do is just keep hoping for the best, you know. But I think the best thing that could happen at university is for a new athletic director to do whether it's Lopes, whether it's J.K. McKay, whoever it is, you know, I think it'd be a, a good move. What I don't understand, and then we can we can move to a different topic. But what I don't understand is, uh, you know, I always hear a lot of things from these other schools where you know they say about the the alumni is upset with a coach or an athletic director, the the the, uh, the people who support the school, uh, you know, the, the donate, the, you know, to donate uh, to different things, different causes and stuff, get upset with a coach or an athletic uh, director, and poof, they're gone. They're they're gone because. You know, those people carry a lot of clout. Why is SC so much different? I mean, they have the highest paid athletic director in the country. Uh, They have some of the biggest donors in the world. They have I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a good reason why. Crazy. Because because the the guy that's the president of the university has a love affair with Pat Hayden. And the reason he has a love affair with Pat Hayden is because he was, Hayden was on the board of trustees and had this guy hired, this Greek guy, I forget his name, and had him hired. And so Hayden, they always said Hayden will never be fired or he'll leave on his own terms mm-hmm. because this guy thinks Hayden walks on water. And, you know, he obviously, uh, you know, doesn't know football and doesn't know what's going on there. And, you know, I mean, just for him to bitch slap some of these donors and talk down to them for a guy that's never given five bucks to the university to, to talk down to people that give millions of dollars to the university and see where he made his mistake. Most people aren't going to take his crap. You understand what I'm saying? He's used to yes men around him. But you don't go up and challenge a Brian Kennedy in front of his friends at a basketball game and, uh, and think he's going to take that from this guy. I mean, you know, are you kidding me? Right. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, it was it's, uh, one of the more amazing things I've ever heard. You know, so, and, there, and there's other things like this I've heard too, you know, so, and I'll, most of the big donors I know are not happy, yeah. not happy at all. So, you know, I, I think if they all went in collectively and raised hell, they could probably do something. You know, two or three of them are the top donors. Wow. But uh, I've talked to them privately, and nobody's happy with what's going on there. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, now they'll probably use this basketball thing. But the truth is, uh, they won like 12 games in four years in basketball, and now they're having a fairly good year. That's great. Yeah. But like I told you, basketball doesn't pay for the towels in the football team, <laughs> in the locker room. Right? Truth is truth, brother. Well, let's uh, let, let's let's stay let's stay in the same region, but let's uh, let's talk about uh, next year. Well, you know, the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Sanford showed showed some stuff this year, and uh, I think they're they're picking them to, uh, to to win the Pac-12 again next year. Or, you know, that's kind of the talk around town. Um, what do you see? Do you see uh, UCFC uh, improving over the over the summer and uh, coming back next yes, year? Yes, I, I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see FC getting better. I, I, I mean, they were eight and six. This guy lost with three games in a row in the last three games, but they were eight and six, and that's not good. I mean, that's fourteen games, and like I said, this Iman Marshall and some of these players were, you know, they're not they're not true freshmen after fourteen games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of them, but they weren't being coached up. So uh, if hopefully if they can get some good coaching to coach these kids up, they'll, they'll be better. You know, I think SC will be very good. I heard this quarterback, not the guy that's backing up uh, Kessler, this 
guy that redshirted this year, uh, he's supposed to be terrific. Everybody tells me. I mean, he can throw the ball like Carson Palmer. He's he's you know he's fantastic. He's six four. He can run out of the pocket. You know, so you know he could be great. And I, I think Stanford's going to be unbelievable. I mean, they're I mean they're losing Hogan and they're losing some of their offensive line, but they've got that guy. That guy. I think he's the best coach in in, in the Pac-12 and probably in one of the top three or four coaches in college football. Right? David Shaw guy. Yeah. I mean, he had to replace Jim Harbaugh, and you don't even know Harbaugh's gone. He's walked in there. He does it. He's calm and cool. He doesn't rattle. He's got good people around him. I mean, that that running back they have up there made me proud to be white. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I mean, I I can't believe a white guy did did what he did. You know, I mean, the guy was like a terror. You know, I mean, he's only a what was he? A, a freshman? Yeah, I believe or, I yeah, think he's, a freshman. He's, a, he's a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine what he's going to be. You know, his dad played for the Denver Broncos. And yeah, but, I, uh, I remember it. But yeah, but I mean, the guy is fantastic. I mean, I I thought so. The, the movie made in the stand, in the SEC, you know, and then the he, he broke every rule. I think he broke all the Rose Bowl records in the Rose Bowl game when they beat uh, Iowa. You know? Yeah. I mean, he was off the charts. The kid was terrific, and he seems like he's a good kid, a good wholesome, clean cut kid. You know. I mean, Stanford gets high-quality recruits. All those kids seem like they got their heads on, screwed on. Oh, yeah. You, know I mean? yeah. you don't you don't get in that school just uh, just on your looks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly correct. Yeah, no, there's some, they got some outstanding players. And, you know, Stanford's really, uh, to me, the team to beat in the Pac-12. You know, they're, you know, uh, and, you know, SC's got a tough deal. They play Alabama at the beginning of the season, and then they play Utah. I think it's at Utah, and I think they play Oregon or Stanford. It's one of the, it's the three first three games are all tough games for them. You know? wow. So, and the, and the, and the quarterback will be playing his first game in the Pac-12 against Alabama. You know, yeah, in the in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. So, you know, it, it'll be, but it's always fun to watch and you know just hope for the best. And uh, <clears throat> I think you know this. I'm I'm actually happy with the coaching staff though because I think you know from what I'm reading about these guys, all I know is what I read. Is uh, they all seem to have good credentials. So oh, I just good. can hope and uh, yeah. But um, you know everything else is uh, going great, and uh, I think I can't. You know the good thing about college football it lasts all year. You know it's like they're going to have uh, signing day in February first, I think or second, right? And then that's when all the recruits sign. And SC's got a good recruiting class. They got this kid Michael Pittman out of Christian. Who's a his dad played in the NFL and he was a wide receiver that had 24 touchdowns this year. Looks Christian. So 24 touchdowns. Some, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a wide receiver and that's unheard of. Yeah. And then they got uh, there's like seven or eight of them that are already enrolled in school. They're down there working out with the team right now. So. They're so, uh, uh, that that's 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 you know that's one of those things now that I, I starting to read a lot about is these these kids. Uh, uh, they, they graduate. They graduate early, and they get, get enrolled. Uh, you know, a little early, get a little jump start. Yeah, and they have spring practice. practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's a good thing, and and, and they get the, you know they get a good a chance to work with the team and work with the coaches, and the coaches get a good look at them too. So they're, they're ahead of the game. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. But that signing day is always a fun day because they have the position coaches talk about all the recruits they got. You know, it's always a nice little day. They have a little dinner down to the It's always fun. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, you, you know, you yeah. get to do all the cool stuff, Bob. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I was at the, I was at the Ronald Reagan Library yesterday. They took out all the stuff. I went over to Perry Cypress, who owns the Los Angeles Sports Museum, and they they took everything down. Uh, <clears throat> Monday was the last day. All that 
football stuff was up, so they took everything down. They're, they're putting stuff in from the Vatican. Oh. Yeah, they're they're going to have a whole display from the Vatican starting in March. It'll go for nine months. The, so that'll be a really amazing stuff to see. The football exhibit lasted quite some time. It was a great exhibit. Uh, did they... Did you have a chance to find out what, what how they felt about the turnout, about the, and what people were, you know? They said it was there? terrific. The guy I talked to, Duke, who's the head of the whole Ronald Reagan Museum. I was had lunch with him yesterday, and there's some other people there. And they, all the people I talked to said that it was a terrific turnout, and but they did have some complaints about the OJ jersey in the place. You know, so they said that uh, a lot of people went up and said that Mr. Reagan would not have approved of OJ's. And, Jersey in there, and some lady that's on the staff up there is Goldman was her relative or friends of them or something, and she complained about it. But you know what I told them? I said, Hit, I said Adolf Hitler stuffs in the Smithsonian Institute. And that's what it's like. That's a museum, you know. That's where that's where things go. And, yeah, and uh, I mean OJ was in, when he was in college. He was a great kid. You know what I mean? So yeah, this this is uh, you know it's talking about his college career at USC, not about anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but some people, you know, you know how people are. Yeah. There's always different. Uh, that's why we have Democrats and Republicans, you know, and everything in between. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that was a You're you know, I, I you know, I, you gave me the opportunity to go to that exhibit, and I, and I really, 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 truly enjoyed it, and and I'm glad to hear that it had a yeah. had a good turnout. Uh, anybody who's, you know, I. I say any football fan would have truly loved it, but I think you don't even have to. You could be a, a casual football fan, and would have gotten a lot out of that uh, that exhibit. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it was it was really terrific. And you know, they I mean, it's just not only SC and they focused on the SC UCLA rivalry as you saw the whole room. But then Gary Cypress had this great stuff of you know the the pro all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Joe Namath and. You know, Joe Montana and Tom Brady and all these guys. And then he had another room, the evolution of the helmets. And he had all these, you know, I mean, there's just so much stuff in there. It was, it was really something to see. And they said, I mean, you know, every day I went up there, I took friends up there. The parking lot was full. You know what I mean? And uh, so they said that, uh, it, you know, it just shows you how popular football is. You wouldn't think that a presidential library would be that popular. But it really, uh, I mean, they have, they have the, Ronald Reagan football T-shirts they're selling in there, the football display T-shirts, and they're selling books on the on the display, and they had uh, videos of the display. And everything. So wow. it was really pretty well received. Great. Speaking of football, and and uh, you mentioned Joe Namath's jersey, and, and I remember there was a few few other uh, pro, pro jerseys there. Pro, pro football coming back to L.A. What are your thoughts? I think it's terrific. You know, I think the city of L.A. will just. I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up here. I was born in Los Angeles, and, you know, the Rams were, that was my team, you know. So when they split in 1994 and, and left here, I was really, really pissed off, you know what I mean? I was like, and now they come back. Do I feel the same about them? Well, you know, I told somebody the other day, I said, if your wife ended up nailing the next door neighbor and then, then she, she came back to you, would you feel the same about her? You know what I mean? <laughs> in other words, uh, but the bottom line is, you know, you just, I'm still glad they're here though because I think it's going to be great for the city. I'm glad they're playing the Coliseum for what three years three and they years, open yeah. up in, uh, and then they'll open up in England in 2019. They said, but it'll, it'll be fun. It's good to have pro football back here. You know, it really will. You know, and I think uh, they got they were seven and nine this year, and you can turn that around. The Rams went to the Super Bowl in 1979, and they were nine and seven. You know, with Vince Ferragamo. Yeah. But uh, you know, the bottom line is. Uh, 
you know, that you, you, it doesn't take much to turn a nine, a seven and nine team around. And they lost, I think, three or four games by field goals this year. So they were, you know, and 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 you know, Jeff Fisher is an ex SC Trojan. He's their head coach. Yeah. So how nice is that that he gets to come back and coach in the stadium where he played in college? You know, so. I I used to you know I went to a few games when they played in the Coliseum and uh, I remember uh, I think they played the Lions the last time I saw them play there and uh, you know Roman Gabriel was a quarterback way back then uh, they were you know and then when they moved to Anaheim but it seemed like when they left it seemed like they snuck out in the middle of the night I mean when they went to Anaheim no when they went to St Louis St Louis uh, you yeah, know yeah, but no, it, was, it was really hard. We lost both teams, you know, and I don't think the Raiders are good for the city. Right? They just, you know, have that gang-banging mentality, and, you know, I used to go to games there and fights breaking out. And it's not anything you want to take your wife and children to a Raider game. Right? Yeah, there were some serious yeah, fights there. I had season tickets. And, yeah. Uh, I used to see that. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, but the Rams are, the Rams are the, you know, and, I, and who knows, you may get the Chargers too, I'm not sure, but at least we got the Rams. I think it'll be great for City of Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you know Inglewood's going to benefit a, a great deal. It's a city that needs a, a shot in the arm, and uh, you know they yeah. lost Hollywood Park, and uh, you know they re- revamped the the, the the forum. So I think it's go- it's going to be great for Inglewood. It's going to be great for LA sports. Uh, it's still not going to make me a Ram fan, but uh, I, I, I love I love pro football, and I'll get to go. And I love football at the Coliseum, so that's even better. And you know, so so yep. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's... Well, Keith, you have to think about it. If, you, if if a kid is twenty years old today, or twenty one years old, he's and he's born in Los Angeles. He's never known pro football. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, you know, he's growing up with no pro football. So now, if a kid is, you know, five years old, he'll have a team, the LA Rams again. You know what I mean? So I think that's great because I think everybody should have some rooting interest. You know, in college, whether it's SC or in the pros, it's it's the Rams. It's you know. It's uh, you know, it's just nice. I mean, like you said, those days when Deacon Jones and Roman Olson and Roman Gabriel, those were great years. You know, yeah. you used to go to the games and you'd see the place would be stacked, filled, and you'd see Jim Neighbors handing out towels in the locker room. You'd see all the movie stars down there. You'd see Sonny and Cher were at every game, every game. You know, so it was like it was just a fun place to go back in those days. You know, and Paul Caruso would have these big parties. He was uh, the attorney for a lot of the Rams and Bobulinski, and they had a big house in Beverly Hills. The Paul, the team would come over to the parties afterwards, and it was just a great, great. And he actually had a fountain. I love this. He had a fountain where there's some statue of a guy urinating martinis out. You put your <laughs> martini glass. Uh, you put your martini glass in the fountain, and the guy pees into your martini glass, and you have a martini. Paul Caruso, a famous attorney in uh, uh, that uh, That's hilarious. You know what I remember when I was a kid uh, going to the games with my dad. I, I remember that the uh, guys, people there were in coat and ties. It was uh, it was kind of a dress. That's up. what it was. Yeah, you're exactly right. They wore, they wore coat and ties. You know the chick. I mean, they look. All you got to do. I was just telling a friend of mine. All you got to do is look at Sunset Boulevard. I mean, Sunset Strip. When Bobolinsky was taking me out to the strip, the PJs and all these different places. You know, Chase. People dressed. I mean, they dressed. The chicks were dressed to the nines. The, you know. The, the strip was a romantic place, Scandi and Chasen's and all these great restaurants, you know, yeah. and, you know, and what, what's happened is it, that's all gone today. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, 
there is no romantic places anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Right. There's, it's, it's just they're, they're, they've all kind of gone with the wind. I mean, the strip used to be the place to go. You know, I mean, every, you know, everybody. I'm not, you know, I, I, as you know, I managed Mickey Rooney, and he would tell me stories about what it was like in the old days and how everybody went there, and you know, it was like the place to be seen. And uh, today, you know, it's nothing. You know what I mean? You got the Viper Room, and you got this place and that place, and you know, a bunch of druggies and stuff, and, you know, it's just not the same feel. You know, that's a good question for you, Bob, is, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of places. They like Chasen's, uh, La Dome, places like that that used to be around. Oh, La Dome. I knew Britt, the owner. She was a, a Swedish gal. That, La Dome was one of the best places you could ever go to. It was great. Wow. Why don't, uh, why do why do you think, uh, and I understand times change and, and, you know, there's different eras, different, different generations and stuff, but, uh, you know, why do you think that uh, you don't see places like that anymore? And in and, and places where, you know, people do kind of, uh, I, you know, I went to a, a, I used to go to a lot of uh, things at the, uh, the Mark Taper and, uh, and the yeah. Dorothy Chandler and, and it was a dress up, dress up thing, dress up event type of thing. Yeah. But now you go and it's uh, not so much, man. You get in jeans and a t-shirt and uh, I'm a casual guy. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm shorts and a t-shirt every no, day, I but, but I, I, there are places that you just didn't go uh, casual. And, You're right. I mean, you just said it, Keith, the old ball games. If you watch any of these sixties and fifties and even seventies games on TV, you'd notice in the background, all the people in the stands have got ties on, yeah. coat and tie and hat, you know, and the chicks are dressed up and it's just a different era. I mean, you didn't see a movie star out in public with Levi's with holes in the knees and, you know, uh, you know, their, their boobs hanging out with a T-shirt where you can see through it. In other words, that wasn't the deal in the old days. You know what I mean? Today, you know, it's all gone. You know, it's like there is no class anymore. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. it's just gone. It was it was romantic in the old days. There was, you know, it was just a different era, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I lived, and you probably saw a lot of that era too, Keith. You know, you're younger than me, but I mean, you know, it's just, it was a great era, you know. Everything was different, you know. And I think it, I think the... Uh, Bo Belinsky said to the day he died, I said, Bo, when did things change? And, and I never thought about it. You know, when did, you know what he said? Yeah. The shooting of John F. Kennedy. That's when everything changed. Wow. Hippies, drugs, you know, uh, you know, long hairs protesting, you know, uh, all, everything kind of went backwards after that. Before John F. Kennedy was shot, it was on November 22nd, 1963, I believe. Yeah. Before that happened, uh, things were normal. And after that happened, I think it changed the culture of the whole world. There was Does that make sense, what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, if you, look, if you look back and see when things really started to go sour uh, with, with everything, especially the drugs and the drug culture, and, you know, the strip became like a rock and roll place and a drug place, and you know, Hollywood Boulevard was no, Musso and Franks is still there, but I mean, most of the, all the top restaurants were gone. And uh, Hollywood's not, you know, people come out from LA and they say, Bob, yeah. you know, they, they've never been to Hollywood. So, Can you take me to Hollywood? And I take them over and they're shocked. You know, <laughs> what they see. You know what I mean? I mean, they yeah. see, you know, transvestites and derelicts and, you know, I mean, homeless people and, you know, and they, they think it's this romantic, glamorous place. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really not quite what they think. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that's another thing you mentioned. You, there used to be, uh, you know, as a kid growing up around here, there was, uh, there was always some place of like, well, you know, when I, when I get old enough or I get set certain financial status, I want to go to the Brown Derby. I want to, I want to go Absolutely. to the ambassador to the Coconut Grove. 
Um, yep. Seems I can't like, believe you're – are you that old? I'm <laughs> old enough to know. <laughs> wow. Um, That's exactly but right. there, it's, it doesn't seem like that anymore. And if there's a, if there's a hot place now, it's gone in six months. And, and you know, you're exactly right. You know, Lucien Franks has lasted. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, there used to there was Lermitage, there was Laurentia in La Cienega. There was all these great places, you know, and uh, you know, and the, and they were here. And you know, Chasen's is gone. I think Morton's is still there, I believe. But you know, the, no, Morton's is gone too. Yeah, Morton's is gone. I mean, all these great restaurants they seem to. I've just taken a dive. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, they're, uh, you know, it's not, not around. There are so many fun places to a restaurant and this place. And that was just, you could go out every night to a different, really nice. I used to, I used to say you can eat out or you can have a dining experience. Yeah. And there used to be uh, so many great places to have a dining experience, which is not quite the case today. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, just this week who, who, for 25, 30 years was in the, in the restaurant business. And he was saying, you know, there was a time when, uh, your wait staff, um, that was their profession. You know, and he says, you go to a fine steakhouse, uh, you know, the, right. the waiter you had there, he'd been there 20 years. He took pride in his work and stuff like that. Chasen, that's your Keith, you are one Chasen's waiters had been there for years. Jimmy Stewart, Used to give the bartender chasings like a thousand dollars every Christmas. They knew all the waiters. They knew everybody. Even even at Moose on Frank, some of the waiters are there that are are, are still you know were there thirty years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. In other words, it's but that that those days are gone. They're, you're right. They're completely gone. You know all the all the you know like all the the A list people knew all the waiters and you know they knew this and knew that. I mean even Wolfgang Puck's place Scandia or, or, or uh, what's the, the place. In, Spagos, I'm Spagos, yeah. old. That was old. that's that's long gone. You know what I mean? Oh, the one up yeah, above, above Tower Records uh, used to be. Up yeah, right yeah. above Tower Records. Yeah, yeah. But it's like Brian Kennedy's office, right across the street from there. Ah, yeah. But uh, but uh, the bottom line is, uh, you know, that's gone. You know, so it's like you look. You know, he had a place in Malibu called uh, uh, what was it called? It, it, that, that went down the tubes. You know, I mean, he had uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just like uh, I think his uh, Chinois is still over on Main Street. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Spago's. That's one of the places I, I was like, you know, when I was younger, it's one of these days I'm going to Spago's. So finally, I, I, I called up for a, 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 a reservation. And she yeah. says, uh, yeah, oh, for two, I can get you in March such and such. Well, that was like eight, <laughs> eight weeks later, you know. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? Not till March? And she says, well, yeah, that's it. I can put you on the wait list. And I said, okay. And, and, so I need you wait till March. No, no, I, I, got yeah. in, I got in in about three weeks on the wait list. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but there, 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 there was a place in Chicago called Le Francais, and it's a little town called Wheeling, Illinois. And you'd have to you'd have to get reservations a month ahead of time to get in that place. Sometimes wow. they would close down for the month of August. But when I used to go back to Chicago and do business, that place was it's you know it was off the chart. It was considered I think Bon Appetit said it was the number one restaurant in the world. Wow! But it was like in a little small town called Wheeling, Illinois. And man, did we like going to that place. So it was fun. <laughs> Well, Bob, last, last, last but not least, uh, you following the the NFL playoffs? Yes, I sure am, and I'm rooting for cars. I root, what I do, Keith, because I have no allegiance to any team. I root for the ones that have the most trojans on. So you know, the Arizona 
Cardinals had Carson Palmer and Frosty Rucker as a defensive lineman, and he made the Pro Bowl this year. So you had Carson Palmer make the Pro Bowl. So you had two Trojans make the Pro Bowl on the, on the Arizona Cardinals. And I was rooting for Green Bay because Clay Matthews was on the, that team. I love Clay Matthews. Yeah, okay. yeah, he, I mean, he, you know, but there's, I, I don't think there's many other Trojans. Uh, but it's, what's good about that Arizona matchup, Carson Palmer and uh, the Carolina Cougars, you get. I think they said it's the first time you want two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks going against each other. Oh. You know, because uh, uh, Cam Newton is a Heisman Trophy winner, and so is Carson Palmer. So that that should be a very entertaining game. I think New England will blow uh, uh, Peyton Manning out of the water. That's what I think. But you know, but I think I think Carolina or Arizona could beat New England in the Super Bowl if, if that's what happens. I, I, that's think, my... I think Arizona has a really good shot at beating uh, uh, Carolina. The Seahawks almost came back. You know, Carolina scored 31 points, but they scored them all in the first half. And, you are one hundred percent correct. Yeah, they, and then Pete Carroll, who I said even when he was at SC, is the king of halftime adjustments. Nobody better than him yeah. at making halftime adjustments. No, there really isn't. There really isn't. And uh, you know, but I just Cam Newton has had a MVP season in my opinion. He's yeah. Yeah. He has been. He is. He's. You know what he is? He's Randall Cunningham, but he's six five and two hundred and forty pounds. You know what I mean? In other words, Randall Cunningham was kind of a, that's Sam Cunningham's brother that played yeah. at SC, but. Uh, he was kind of a skinny guy, but uh, this Cam Newton kid is—I mean, he's fantastic from what I've seen. You know, the games I've watched of him, he can run out of the pocket, he can throw down the field, he can run with the ball too. You know what I mean? I mean, he can you know straightaway run. You know, so you get a guy like that, put a few receivers and a good—you know—he's got that. He's got an, he's got a Trojan blocking for him, uh, Ryan Khalil, who's played about six or seven Pro Bowls. Yeah. He was a lineman at SC. He's blocking for him, so you know it's. It should be a very good game. Does Khalil, Khalil, uh, comes from, be the game. Khalil comes from a football family, right? Yes, sir. You're very good, Keith. Yeah. His, his brother, Matt Khalil, played at SC about three years ago, and he's for four years ago, and he's been with uh, the he's, he was the first-round draft pick, and he's been starting for the Minnesota Vikings, Matt Khalil. And Ryan has been starting for the Carolina Cougars for probably 10 years, and he's been in six Bowl Bowls, I believe. Wow. So, I mean, he's had a great – he's the highest-paid uh, uh, left tackle in all of football. Oh. I, no, the highest paid center in all center. Football. Yeah, he's a center. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's, it's terrific. And, uh, you know, I love to see these SC guys do great. You know what I mean? It's, it's Absolutely. It makes you, makes you proud to see these kids go up. You know, I, I know them when they were, you know, wanting to go to McDonald's for a hamburger, and then they're, <laughs> next thing you know, they're worth $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really a funny, funny trans, transition to see that. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. I mean, I remember seeing Leonard Williams three years ago riding around SC on a skateboard, you know, <laughs> and uh, and now he's, uh, you know, what's he? What do you get? Fifteen million to go to the New York Jets? You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just great. Yeah, outstanding. Well, Bob, as always, man, it's such a pleasure and so much fun to talk to you. Uh, you, you just, you, first of all, just your knowledge of so many different subjects and and just. It's just uh, it's always it's always fun, man. Always fun and enlightening. Well, I Keith, it. I can't believe for a, I thought you were a youngster, man. You, I can't believe some of these restaurants you were popping out tonight. <laughs> you don't get I'm to be a, gonna, I, next, you, don't, you don't get to be a fat guy I, and not know a good restaurant here and there. Keith, <laughs> the next time I take you out, now I'm not taking you to the place we went to the last time. That wasn't good enough for you. I'm going to find maybe we'll go to Nobu or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Bob, I, I hope to hook up with you either next week or the following week, real soon, brother. You got it, Keith. God bless you, and, uh, and, and enjoy the playoffs. Absolutely. You too, man. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye, Bob. 
Listen to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. That was Bob Case. Uh, in about uh, 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking to Anthony Davis. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, poop, poop, you know what? I think uh, a good friend of the show, Michelle Mangione. We haven't heard Michelle for a while. Let's listen a little bit Michelle Mangione, and we'll be back after. Let's see where. Which, which one do you want to listen to? How about the. Uh, um, what is a saint? Back after this. Are you ready? To be someone To a stranger Of less fortune Would you offer up your smile just for the love of it What is a saint to you? Are you willing To be
story who will see this hell who will bring us justice tell me who will at a railroad station in baton rouge there's a train to crescent city urban street keeps calling him back to a cajun girl so Outside the bars tell stories they can't forget Songs fly up to the evening stars on distant clouds Now he sees the sorrow And the anger of the crowd She said, rise up for tomorrow Stand together, cry out loud 
Faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Snoop's World. And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And it's about time to get our good friend Anthony Davis on the line. Let's see if we can get Anthony on the line here real quick.
Good evening. We'd like to welcome our good friend and colleague to the show, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC, Anthony Davis. How you doing, AD? Doing okay. Man, it's always great to have you on, and uh, uh, I know you were out there uh, meeting, meeting and greeting tonight, but uh, before you, we, we had the great Bob Case join us tonight, and uh, that's, that's always a good time also. That's great. Yeah. Bob Cage. Bob Cage. He said, uh, he told me, uh, he told me uh, to say hello to Sweet Tooth. So. Yeah, well, that's what they call me, Sweet Tooth. <laughs> AD, man, let's, uh, let's jump on into a few things here. First of all, uh, I understand you had a really, you know, sometimes... People expect us to get right into sports, right into topics of the day. But I heard you had a really good burrito recently, man. Yeah, man, that was unbelievable. Super Antihitos, is that what you say? Super Antihitos. I mean, that burrito was unbelievable. The service was great. They've been around since 1985. Uh, The son was there serving me, and uh, my daughter was there with me. Uh, and I'm telling you, the food was unbelievable, and I recommend anybody come. And they have a picture of Gonzo on, on, on the wall. Oh, so really? What they have in me now is one of my ram shots, and Sports Illustrated covered the best of the best, so that's going up on the wall. So it's in the city of Santa Ana. And if you're down in this area, you're down in the Santa Ana area, go there, and, and they'll take care of you. If people, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, you know that uh, AD has talked to us uh, so many times, and, and he's given us a heads up on some some uh, some barbecue at the bowling alley for some you buy we fry fish down in the down in the hood, and uh, and, and, and uh, some some uh, AD pancakes somewhere. You, you ought to get your own food show, brother. Yeah, well, that's what I need to use. They, you know, they got the Notre Dame killer pancakes and. And all that kind of stuff in the city of Pacoima. And, you know, here I find this other spot. Just, you know, my daughter told me about it. You know, everybody, people don't know. My daughter's a former Raiderette. And her and one of her cohorts was down there. And she said, Dad, you got to go down there. And so she took me down there. And, and I had that big burrito and San Antonitos. <laughs> so it wasn't Antonitos because, I mean, I, I like I was going to the penitentiary. <laughs> Oh, good times, good times, man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna touch on some other food stuff here in a little bit, but uh, let's. Uh, I gotta get your I gotta get your thoughts on, on a few things here, man. And and, and we we talk about you, we talk about uh, teams, matchups, uh, systems, good fit, bad fit. This week, uh, this past week, the 49ers hired Chip Kelly. Uh, and, and and before you get into that, I just want to tell you one little side note. I read that uh, prior to signing Chip Kelly, the uh, 49ers souvenir shop had all Cal- Colin Kaepernick stuff on for half price. And after signing Kip Chelly, uh, Chip Kelly, everything went back up to full price. Is there a reason behind that, you think? Well, here, here's the deal. I believe that they, this, is, this is my football opinion from a distance. First of all, Colin Kaepernick is one of the best quarterbacks in the league under the right system. He's already proven that with Jim Harbaugh, okay? And the reason that he underperforms because, A, number one, he lost a, new, a coach. He got a new system coming in there. 
Okay, now that is that's ridiculous. This 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 guy was in the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl play away. And how do you how do you demote this guy to second string? So that's true. That's about our coaching. Yeah. Okay, and, and I don't know what the 49ers are doing in terms of their marketing. But how can you jerk half price now? That you know why? Because everybody knows Chip Kelly's coming there, and and Kaepernick fits Chip Kelly's system. Okay. Yeah. That is the reason why that's going to happen. He will be the starting quarterback with the 49ers. And then, and first of all, they got to build that system. Now, this is going to be the third system in two years. Right. See, so every, I always keep preaching system. It all depends on the system and the pieces around the key people in the system. Now, Chip Kelly can do that, and if he can still take that so-called semi-college NFL system he has and work up there, it's going to take, it's going to take you. they got to give him some time. they got to give him at least two years, maybe three, to build that up. Because they're going in the same division with the, with, with the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a tough. That's a tough division. So, and the Rams are coming up now. So, but the reason why those prices are where they are is because Chip Kelly coming and Colin Kaepernick is the quarterback. Now you say you know you got to give a guy uh, you know three three years or so to 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 get his stuff in place and whatnot. And and we we spoke about it last time. Uh, Lovey Smith with the uh, with the Buccaneers, two years and out. Uh, what are That's these terrible. What are these owners thinking? And and, and, and this is this the new is this the new model? First of all, that's not good at all. You don't just make Lovey Smith and take him out two years after that. That's ridiculous. I mean, how do you how, you know you jump start your team? You can't jump start teams. When you jump start like that, it's going to take a while. And everybody else, everybody in, in place. Now, just, just look at the model. Look at the Patriots and what they've done. Actually, it's so successful. Anyway, a new brand. It's a whole new brand now. You can't jumpstart team and expect to be, be competitive right away. Right. Now you've got a whole new team coming, a whole new coach, a whole new offensive coordinator, a whole new system to play what they got to learn, the whole deal. And if they keep it in place where they have and build them what they have, they're going to have a big on the problem. So, folks listening, when you see the Buccaneers play, don't blame it on James Winston. You blame it on the organization that brought the new coach in. Is, is Jim Kelly a good fit for the 49ers? Well, put it this way. If, if the organization that gives him time, let him do what he can do, he can be competitive. Whether or not to do what, he, what he's doing down in Philly and doing with the Open Oregon, if that works in the National Football League. I don't know. I mean, I don't believe in all that spread out stuff. I believe in hard-nosed football like Harbaugh was doing. But, yeah, I mean, look, he's as good as anybody else based on who they're hiring in the league now, so why not? Give him a shot. I mean, you know, he's the second go-around. A lot of people wouldn't get an opportunity like that. But, obviously, there's some inside stuff that the 49ers must have known, what happened in Philadelphia. There's always some backstory that we don't ever know about that went on the why. Oh, this would really happen. Oh, he did this and they did that. So, I mean, there's a lot of back. That's all too going on. I believe the reason why because a lot of times they'll get a guy get a second chance like that. I mean, he was freshly put out of Philadelphia and he was with the 49ers. Yeah. I don't know if that's timing, whatever it is, but somebody knows something, somebody feels something that he can do to turn it around. I don't, I don't believe in my football opinion he'll do what Jim Harbaugh did, but you know I've been wrong before. Prove, 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 prove me wrong. You know the, the that 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 type of offense that he he ran in Oregon. Um... You know, a lot of people question whether whether it's a good fit for the NFL. Um, we haven't seen, a, a, you know, great success with with it in the NFL. Um, do you stick with it, or do you do you try to do you try to uh, you know 
adjust it and modify it, and uh, obviously he has a strong belief in it. Well, look, well, this is the situation. This is what I if you If you have a strong philosophy on how you want to run your offensive team, go ahead and do that. But basically, at the end of the day, football is smashing mouth football, power right. football. Right. If you want to spread people out, do it. If you want to just hurry up offense, you can do it. But at the end of the day, when it's down the third and fourth quarter, was crunch time, you got to go back to that power football, that play action power football. I mean, that's what happened. You see, you see what the Patriots do. You see what the Pittsburghs do. You saw the the, 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 uh, the Seahawks do. I mean, you even see that with the Cardinals somewhat. So I'm saying you got to go back to smash mouth football. If you just want to try to beat people with finesse and quickness, that ain't going to happen. Right. I don't care if it's my head, this is today. You just got to have that power football arsenal in your playbook. And you might refer to it all the time. I always believe you got to come back to that. You see, uh, you look at the you look at the Panthers. Um, uh, they talk about Cam Newton. They talk about the way his game has, has, has changed uh you know, they say, you know, he used to be a, a, a running back with an arm, uh, but now he's he's a quarterback who can run. Um, uh, you know, it's a big difference. And, and, and when you see guys who, who now stay in the pocket, uh, use their legs only when they have to as a last option instead of their first option, uh, it makes a big difference in the game. It makes a big difference in the way the team plays. Basically, I'm going to say this about Cam Newton. Cam Newton and Cam Newton came up. Cam Newton had. Cam Newton has it now, and they just they can just build on that. I can see Cam if they keep everything in place, they can keep Cam Newton as a pocket quarterback. And he can be a running quarterback. He uses it properly. He's long, he's he's smart about it. He's he's matured more. But the bottom line is, if they can keep stuff in place and keep those pieces around him, they can be another they can be another New England Patriots with a better uh, athlete at the position. I mean, that's how much I believe in him. I and mean, he, as far as, as far as the position is concerned, he is the most physical, the most physical player in his position in the league. And I've never seen anybody of his size, and his speed, and his magnitude in the, in the history of the National Ball League. Remember, this dude is six to six to six. Right. I'm, there's nothing that now. And like, you had, you know, you had almost as tall as him and stuff. No one was athletic ability. Is a position. And the other guy is a very athletic too, five foot ten, is Russell Wilson. Yeah. So as far as athleticism in those two positions, I'm taking them two guys over anybody in the league. Speaking of guys in the league and and uh, and Cam still 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 in the, in this conversation, what do you think of the matchups this coming week? You got the Patriots at Broncos, you got the Cardinals at Panthers. So the Patriots at the Broncos, right? Yeah. That's going to be a funny game. Uh, it's going to come down to the play of Bronkowski and um, for for for, uh, for the Patriots and the connections with Brady. It's definitely going to be Peyton Manning. If he if they get to Peyton Manning, it's, it's over. The Patriots demolish the Broncos at their home. And the only way I believe that the, that uh, the Broncos beat the Patriots, and I'm going with the Patriots, is that the Patriots got a totally flop. I just don't believe that. And then the thing is, if the Broncos are to win, it's going to be a combination of Peyton Manning and that defense. If, if those two are not working, and they both have to be working, 
They're not beating the Patriots. Yeah. That's my that, that, that's my innovation of that, and I'm going with the Patriots. It's uh, it, it should be a good game because it's it's to me it's one of those games where, you know, you, you look, just looking at it, you know, you think Patriots should run away with this, but. You know, you can never. There's certain guys you can never count out. I mean, you can never count out Brady. You can never count out Manning. You can never count out. There's about a handful of guys in the league you could just never count out, and two of those guys are in this game. Well, you got to. Yeah, I'm just going. I'm just going with the consistency of Brady and, and Belichick. Simple. That's what I'm going with. I mean, look, if you can get to Tom Brady, he still come back and touch your throat. But if you get to Peyton Manning, you, you shake him. If you shake him early. And what people have been saying lately because of the situation with injuries and his neck and all this kind of stuff, if you shake him early, then the advantage to the other team. That's what I've seen. That's what I've seen in history of. That's my opinion. But but if you, but if you let him dissect you, you're right. He can he, he can carry you up. But I don't see that happening this weekend. I, I, you know, I'm going to take this in the closest. That's what I'm saying. And the reason I'm taking him closest is because of Denver's Denver defense. But 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 if Peyton Manning is on top of his game, along with that defense, it could be Denver. But I'm but I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in with uh, the Patriots because of their consistency, right? And because of all the weapons they had, they do have. Car- and you know, Belichick, and Belichick always has a has a, has a wrinkle for everybody. <laughs> yeah, they always they always throw something in there new, especially during playoff season. You know, a lot, a lot, and, and they, whatever you think he's a cheater, whatever he's got the flag game, whatever it is. Hey, man, let's leave that stuff alone. Just go and beat the guy and shut him up. But the bottom line is, I'm going to Patriots. The uh, Cardinals at Panthers. No, man, straight out Panthers. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't see them uh, in the key. The key, key with the Cardinals side, he's got to be Carson Palmer. If, if he, if he's not on his game, forget it. I mean, with, 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 with Cam Newton, what they're doing down in Carolina. There's no way they can beat them down there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Carson Palmer has to play the best game of his career to beat beat the Panthers. In that environment, what the Panthers have done, and they're running on all they're playing on all eight centers the Panthers are. And so don't get me wrong, they have they have athletes on the Cardinal side, but the key is who's who's ever driving that horse, which is Carson Palmer. He's got to be on top of his game. And they gotta protect him to Carson. If not, I'm going after the Panthers. I'm going to the Panthers. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to both be good good games. Uh, I actually think the Cardinals uh, have a really good shot at beating the Panthers. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And the Broncos and the Patriots, uh, and to me, it's a it's a toss up. Uh, it should be the it should be the Patriots kind of running far and away, but I don't see it happening. So it's uh it's going to be, a, be an interesting weekend. I look forward to it. Well, right, absolutely. Your uh, your beloved uh, <laughs> your Rams are moving uh, moving back into town. Uh, and you, last time last time they were in LA, you played you played for them. Because uh, 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 what are your thoughts about them coming back? Man, they're coming back. Uh, Inglewood gets a good shot in the arm uh, economically. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of people have uh, missed a, a team here here in LA. Uh, good good thing, good move, good gr- good group of people, good ownership. What do you think? Well, I first, I first of all think it's a good move. It's two fronts. It's a good move for Cronky, the owner, and it's a good move also for the city of Englewood. But it does a boost the economy. The thing is, also, me being in the real estate business, Green Law Partners, that, that it may be, uh, which we do stuff like this, is that they, he's not only going to just build a state, he's going to build a mixed-use project. 
housing, commercial, you know, retail, and, and stuff like that. That gives a boost for the economic area. It does it boosts the, the property value, period. And then also, of course, the league's going to benefit because you got a new team in the number two market. It does a lot of things for marketing, advertising. And so, I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, you know, it's going to be a move for the players coming out here. They have to just they got yeah, you, you broke up on that last part, AD. It'll be good on all fronts. It'll be good on all fronts in terms of development and real estate development and uh, and for the NFL as well. Because it's just another time. They're coming back to the number two mark, which has been vacated for the last 20 years. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you, think uh, you know, one of the questions that always pops up when they talk about teams coming, coming to L.A., um, this fan base, uh, you know, LA, LA, the Rams had a huge fan base here in the past. Um, and when you start talking about fan base, you start talking about season tickets. Um, do you think you, do you see, you see that, that the, the fan base, uh, being there in numbers, uh, they'll be able to sell out the games or is it going to well, be, is it going to be a, 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 a gradual experience? Well, I mean, you know, first of all, when they come back, the novelty is going to be great. You're going to be packing it out. You know, this will be the first few games. I mean, but the bottom line, you know how LA is. You know how the numbers are. You don't win. You don't win. Nobody shows up. It doesn't matter. There's so much stuff to do in California, especially Southern California. I mean, you see, you know, uh, you know, USC has their thing. They got their base. You have the Rams with their base, and you have all kinds of stuff. You, so you have to win here, and you got to win consistently. That's just the way it is here. Yeah. You know. Back to uh, well, we haven't touched on it yet. We, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about it with Bob uh, when you talked about the. Uh, let's let's move over to college sports for a little bit. You got the uh, the Pac-12 uh, next year. Uh, you know, it's, 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 as Bob pointed out, uh, we're getting close to signing day, uh, which is, is a big deal as far as recruitment goes. Um, the the Trojans. Uh, do you see uh, you see some improvement coming up uh, over over the next uh, few months? You see some new new uh, new new good recruiting class. Do you see them looking sharp for the Pac-12? I know everybody's picking Stanford to win it again, uh, as well they should. They, they 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 shine. They're not losing a whole lot there. I mean, they're going to have to. They, they are losing their quarterback and, and a couple key uh, linemen, but you know they're, they're bringing back. You know, McCaffrey comes back, and, and a lot of other uh, talented players are coming back. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12 uh, next year? First of all, you got to pick the Cardinals based on how they perform. I mean, just how they perform in the bowl game, too. I mean, you just, just think they were just a, a game or two from not having a shot at the national playoff. Right. You know, the bottom line is, but I'm going to say it again, system. Everything's in play. Shaw's done a great job up there. You got McCaffrey coming back. The core is still there. You just got to plug in some spots and hope the guys perform the way other guys are going to perform when they, you know, they're coming up in, in school. But the bottom line is they're the team to be in the Pac-12. I mean, you know, they're giving it, you know, if hands and butts about it. I mean, SC is, is, is my school, but the body, I can tell, you know, how it is, Keith, I tell it the way it is. Yeah. You know, I tell it the way it is. Carson team to be in the Pac-12. Look, you got Clay Hilton as the head coach now. He's changing the staff. They got to revamp the whole offense, you know, and hold and hold and keep things coming. And the whole key is the sisters. You know, I mean, as far as I'm, what was frustrating about SC is the talent. SC has them the best talent in the country. As far as I'm concerned, it, 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 systematically, if everything was on, on pace, it ain't with a lot of controversies with Sarkeesian and what's going on, the removal of the coach. I'll be there to been right there. This is all system. It's all system. Right. Now they're changing. Weather. So you, you, what do we have? What, 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 
That's another thing, and you know, we, we you know, I, I talk to other people, and, and we talk about, and your, your name comes up as always, uh, and your era comes up as always, and I think guys, you know, there, they, you know, there, there are certain eras of that school that, that people can talk about. They talk about, you know, the McKay era. They talk about the Robinson. They talk about Pete Carroll. Um, but those, those are, those are eras, and you, you guys actually, you guys have the greatest teams that ever played at that school. But people expect a lot out of USC. Uh, USC fans expect a lot. I think there are schools, you know, there are schools in the nation where people show up to, to games uh, with no expectations. They just want to show up because there's nothing to do in a certain area, and football's a big deal. But and they'd like to see them win. But they, you know, I have a friend who's a Purdue fan, and you know, those guys are notoriously just barely getting by. But he's, you know, he's, he's a Purdue fan, and, and that's fine. And, he, and if they do great, that's fine. If they don't do great, oh, I wish they did better. You know, the SC fans are much more rabid than that. You know, they expect you to do great. And just having a winning season is, is not good enough. Because you can have a winning season, but if you lose UCLA and you lose Notre Dame, you know, they're, they're, you know there's hell to pay. So, you know, coming from your era and, you know, people that you know that, that, that were around at that time, what, when you guys look at what's going on over there, I know your loyalty is to your school and stuff, but don't you, you still kind of have a, a, an expectation, right? Well, you will see, when you have a great program, a great historical program, people expect that. I mean, now, now you can always have your loyal fans regardless. If they went home 12, I mean, you still have your loyal, loyal, loyal yes, people. I'm a little like that, too. But at the end of the day, when you have the legacy of great players and the national champions and what you did in all these sports across the board, especially when it comes to football, they're going to expect certain things. I mean, you know, like, you know, I do still believe traditionally and legendary that USC Notre Dame is the greatest wide of all time because we set the tone starting back in the 1920s. So I'm just saying, you, so historical part of that is also puts pressure. Historical factors like you said, the fact is that all, all Americans, Heisman Trophy winners, Heisman Trophy runner up. You know, all of that plays in a part of that. You know, and, this, and I think the biggest thing that, that, that frustrates USC fans is that you've got great talent. If you have marginal talent, that's one thing. You have great talent, and the great talent still comes there because the brand, and you don't perform, it's bottom. You see, and, and when they see there's, there's some controversy or some adversity going on within the, within the coaching staff or whatever, the last two or three, that's the problem. And so what happens, that affects your recruiting, that affects your student, that student athlete. So when people, it's a USC basically, they feel it's to perform and perform to the level of the traditional, of the traditional past, that is the pressure. It's not like being at Idaho State or Oregon State. This, this is something that you got to live with. That's the pressure of being at USC. Or to go to Texas 
for you know stuff like that in the mission because of the story path that these schools have had, especially when it comes to USC. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, there have been talk. You know, like I said, there's there's eras that people talk about. There's eras people don't talk about. I'm sure Larry Smith was a good guy. I'm sure Todd Marinovich was a decent human being. But that era is not talked about. That era is is, is like it didn't exist when you talk to SC fans. Uh, and you, you you do have a, a school of tradition. And, and it's not that... Not that they didn't stay loyal through those eras. They stayed loyal through those eras. They just wished it was better. They expected a whole lot more. And I think we're kind of sitting in that sitting in that situation now. The last few the last few years, you know, there's a lot of talented players on the team, but the people expect more out of what, what what's what's there. So he was. He was you know, I want to put this in perspective without coming off real cocky. I'm just going to tell people the way it is. Look, when you have 1974. The greatest comeback in college football here is 55 24 versus another name, 1974, and the performance was a four touchdown. And then you have a performance, you know, two years before that, 1972, a young sophomore scored six touchdowns, scored rushing for 368 yards in total offense, and went on going to win the national championship on USC's greatest team and arguably the greatest team in college football history. That's at the stone. That's at the stone. And that's the reason why people. Look at that! Look at look at the era that I played in with my great teammates, and say that's the level you got to play to, or get something close to that. Right. That's what they expect. That's what they expect. So they saw that. That's, that's iron in their brains. And because everywhere I go, here I am, sixty-three years old. People still talk to me about that. People tell me where they were when those games played. See, that is the stuff that's branded in every SE and who's winning today is mine. And that's what you got to live to, or at least live close to that. Right. And that's the pressure that you have at USC. That is a culture, and that's what, and like I said, that's what people will expect. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they get back to that greatness. And hopefully, uh, you know, there's enough. There's been enough moving and shaking and firing and hiring, uh, and, and we see some some something settling down. And some development and some building upon year after year, and, and, and to get back to that certain type of greatness that people expect from that school. I mean, I, you know, same with UCLA. There's, there, you know, UCLA fans expect a, a high standard of football from their team. They expect, you know, the same thing there. They don't want to see them use, lose to USC. They don't want to see them lose to a, a Cal or Stanford. But you know, they're, they're, you had two. Two big time college football programs in the same city, and you know one of them has gone through a whole lot the last few years, and, and the other one has kind of hit and miss a little bit. But uh, you know we, we want to see we want to see we want to bring those eras back. And you know even back when you were in your era, you guys had some good, some good games against UCLA back then too. So um, you know there's a lot expected, and I think the Rams the Rams players uh, should know that coming coming to LA, like you said, the second second biggest market. There's a if they're not winning, there's nobody showing up. No people don't just spend money. There's too many things to do out here other than sit through a losing season somewhere. Yeah, you got that right. You got to win here. End of the day, you got to win. And it's two pressures with UCLA and stuff. You got the football pressure with SC, and you got the basketball program with UCLA. Unfortunately, the football takes second place at UCLA. You know, they, they do expect them to be better, but, I mean, that's just the way it is. Look at the legendary stuff that's going on with football and basketball in the city on both respective schools. When it comes to professional football, uh, the last time that the Rams out of this area won 
a championship in Mississippi. And the, and the guy on that team was my my coach, Tom Pierce, who coached me in the world football. And so, uh, so it's going to be precious when here. You know, um, St. Louis, we have to be here with the forces that had to be here. Are you breaking up, AD? The, the best on turf. They, uh, they were doing well. But now here in number two market, they have to really perform. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of professional football, professional sports, and, and things like that, and and your love, your love of of, 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 of a good a good a good a good rib or whatnot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, sports related bars and, and, and restaurants out here, and uh, you're telling me a, a kind of a, a disturbing story about a, a Buffalo Wild Wings you were at uh, this past week. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty disgusting. Not only the service was bad, the food was terrible too. It was two, it was two patrons there who recognized me, and uh, we started talking. And so I gave him autographs on a million. I signed it, and so I asked the ready to for a felt pen. They bought me a felt pen, so I signed an autograph at their their uh, venue. And then the manager comes out. The manager comes out, and uh, and says, "No, this is this is company uh, property, and I'm gonna confiscate you." I said, "What are you doing? What are you talking about? These are fans here. You got a sports related ball, and so I'm just telling you." That was terrible. Anybody, you shouldn't even go to Santa Ana. Don't even go to Santa Ana because of this wing, whatever, Buffalo Wings bar. And then also, also I met two distinguished gentlemen, uh, uh, a guy by the name of, they called Tutu, but we would, frankly, they called him TT. And then, and then there was a guy named Holzer uh, that was there, and he, they witnessed this too, and they got very disturbed behind what they saw. Yeah, and they said, "Look at all the look at all the sports may be on the walls, and here here you are who played in national football, who played in college football, who had a USC jersey in the wall, and you autograph these menus for these two guys." And, and, and the manager comes and says, "No, this is the property of of Buffalo Wild Wings." I said, "You smoking something?" So I just looked at the guy, and I, what I almost wanted to do was take him to walk on my side, despite what the guy said, and walk out and give it to him. But I didn't do that. He confiscated him, and I thought that was awful. That was yeah. terrible. Poor marketing of a restaurant. They didn't improve on their food anyway. The girls were nice, but unfortunately, they were serving garbage. I, uh, <laughs> it was funny when you told me that. I'm not a big fan of Buffalo Wild Wings, and I don't see spending that kind of money to eat off of paper plates anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I've never, uh, I've only been, I've only been there twice to the one here in Long Beach, and I, I just, I, I, it's, it's not my cup of tea, man. And I, and I'm a sports bar kind of guy, and and and, and I like going places where I can watch a good game and, and have some, you know, bar food. I'm good with that. But uh, I just, I just thought it was uh, not worth my time or my money. So there's other places out there to yeah, go. You know, it's just really funny when you know Holzer and TT were sitting there and we we, we were talking. You know, they, they were football, they're big 49er fans. It's a, they couldn't believe what they were saying. Yeah. They said, wait a minute, this is a sports bar. They're marketing sports. They got all the TVs on. Well, something here you are who play the NFL, and you figured they would embrace something like that, signing stuff with your fans and stuff. If anything, you should, you should have offered another, you know, uh, uh, thing for me to sign for. Nothing. Right. I was this guy's very naive, and I don't know how they picked this guy as a manager, but the but, but, but Hoser and, uh, and TT. They just couldn't believe him. We, we were all in shock. Anybody who was around him was all in shock about what this manager did. 
Well, the Buffalo Wild, Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever you guys call yourself, you need to check your marketing and, and school your people. And, and, and what if you do see a NFL player coming in, in your restaurant, you need to embrace him. Especially the public <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I was, <clears throat> uh, I'll tell you what, a long time ago, I was at a restaurant and the guy thought I was somebody else. I kept telling him I wasn't and he caught my meal. He goes, could you just sign this? And then, and uh, and I say, well, I am not him. But if you think I am him, he goes, I know you don't want to be noticed, so you don't want to say that's who you are. But can you can you give me your autograph? And and he caught my mail. So my my friend that I was with was just cracking up. He says, he says, I don't know what else you could tell him. And you showed him your ID twice. He just he he thinks you're this guy. So whatever. So <laughs> and here you are, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sitting there, and I, I, I didn't come. I, I didn't come in there just to, to, just. To, I didn't come out and just let everybody know. I was. People knew me in there. Yeah. It just these guys particularly, you know, got the autograph. And so what, what I ended up doing is, is I went across to went across to uh, a, a pencil and paper place uh, and got a piece of paper and signed their autograph. So that's what I did. Yeah. And so I got the piece of paper, but what, how they treated us in there was appalling. Yeah. It was terrible. And then on top, we and then we, and we bought that garbage that they were serving us on top of. So they got our money, but they didn't get what they want since they saw somebody there that they recognized we played on television and stuff like that. Yeah. Ad, I know, I know you were uh, you're out doing you know, promoting your book tonight, and uh, you, you did it last last night last week also. Uh, uh, kickoff concussion: How the Notre Dame killer recovered his brain. You know, you're 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 big on the on, on the, talking to people about this, about Dr. Amen, about concussions. Tell uh, the the new listeners about your book, and a little bit about your passion for for this subject. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, I talk about football, I talk about college football, I talk about national football, and we talk about our rankings and the ratings and all the people and who's going to be going to win. But at the end of the day, these guys are in their heads it every day. And the thing is about the book and Dr. Amy, all I ask was, I mean, we're not going to abolish football. We're not going to change the way the game is played. But all I ask and when I'm advocating through the book and what I say when people read the book is that, is that it, it, I just promote a comprehensive supplement program that Dr. Amy has, hyperbaric chain of treatment. And then I want the NFL to embrace a guy like him, Dr. Amy, Dr. Bennett O'Malo, and come up with a solution to help these players out. You know, they should be on a supplement program. They should be in a hyperbaric chamber. Every team should have a hyperbaric chamber treatment. So they can prepare themselves when they get out of the game to start treating their head. Because you got to rehab. I don't care what you say. You heard, you see your kid, Tony Brown, with the Pittsburgh State. He didn't play because of concussion. Right. And everybody gets concussion every weekend. So I promote this, and I promote this, you know, you know, this, I'm talking about my book, I'm part of the concussion movement, which, oh, by the way, uh, I don't think the movies are even around in the entertainment anymore. But, I, but the bottom line, I'm gonna seek to promote promoting this concussion situation because it's a serious situation. Period. And uh, that, that's brain trauma when you put a helmet on. Unfortunately, that's what it is. We love this game. This is America's game, but also it's important to the game. And that's all I'm advocating because I don't want to abolish the game. I just want them to take care of these kids at the top. Right. That's the medical. Set up something that they can lean on when they get out of the game. There's some awful horror stories out there with these ball going through. So that's why I'm pushing, and that's why I keep talking about the book. 
We are talking to Anthony Davis, the great uh, USC uh, standout, five-time national champion, two-time All-American, played in the NFL, CFL as well. AD, you know, we talk about the game, and we talk about the safety of the game. Uh, when it comes to head trauma, there's there's only so many things people can do to make it to make it safe uh, as safe as possible. So, I, you know, and I understand where you're coming from. You're you're coming from a standpoint of Hey, listen, we're not trying to abolish the game. Uh, it's probably, we, we, you guys have done some rule changes and stuff like that. The equipment uh, can only do so much for the, with your head rattling around under this type of impact. So let's take care of these guys during their career and after their career, correct? Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You can make this kind of money in you that brand. You've got the richest men in the world collectively. You mean you can't set up a fund for these guys medically to take care of everything from their head to their toe? You can do that. Come on. It, look, look, look. If, they, if these guys built the brand, protect the guys who made the brand. You see, so that's all I'm talking about. Period. End the story. And I and I hope collectively all of them take a lead. I have one guy to take in the lead. One of these owners. Uh, and for some reason, I will think a guy named Robert Kraft to do that. Hey, uh, um, you're breaking up a little bit, but uh, before we before we wrap things up, um, I'm, I'm kind of going through my notes here. Was there anything else you wanted to chat about before we uh, wrap it up for the night? Well, I think we I think we covered it all. Go get that book, Kick Off Concussion, and uh, read it, and let me know what your thoughts are. Just let Keith know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Ad, as always, it's a it's a it's a pleasure to be able to uh, have the opportunity to chat with you each week and, and cover the things we cover and and, and talk about uh, you know talk about burritos and and football. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. You have a Thank great you. one, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Great, Anthony Davis, everybody. You listen to Swoopstar on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. I will be on tomorrow uh, on Blog Talk Radio on Xandermonium show. So go to Xandermonium.com. That's X-A-N-D-E-R-Modium.com. And um, you, uh, it'll take you right to Blog Talk Radio, uh, the link there. And uh, if you could check our Twitter tomorrow and our Facebook page, I'll be posting it up there as well. We want to thank everybody for tuning in, as always. And uh, we, we we want to thank Bob Case for joining us again tonight. Always fun to have a chance to chat with Bob. As we always say, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 